Holden, I just realized that the door to my apartment is left unlocked, so hopefully no one comes in and kills me. Has it been that way since you moved in? That seems like a weird thing to just now notice. What? I mean, it's unlocked right now. Oh, okay, okay. Why what? is it unlocked? <laughs> yes, no, I have never locked my door since moving into my apartment. <laughs> Why is it? I, I usually lock. I I don't. Okay, here's a little discussion. Are you a person who locks your doors when you're in oh. your apartment slash? Oh. Okay, residents. I, bit of a bit of a misunderstanding. I thought you meant the door to your building. You mean the door to your apartment? Yeah, I yeah. I don't typically do. I I like lock it at nighttime. But aside from that, I I leave it unlocked. Hmm. Well, you're the easier target. So that there you go, folks. If you want to murder one of us, <laughs> Holden is the easier target. Just go for him. Yep. Come to my address. You know where I live. Or me, if you'd like the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Holden, uh, I literally realized this about 10 minutes ago, but this is the third anniversary episode of our podcast. Oh yeah, because I... um. Uh, a couple days ago, I saw on my Snapchat memories the first time I had, I had said anything on Snapchat about a podcast, so that would have probably been the day it came out, so yeah. February 11th, 2019, Holden, we've been going three years, I would say strong, but I think that is, <laughs> I think that's a stretch, so yeah. it's been well, three years. I mean, I mean, overall, it's gotten better. I wouldn't, maybe we're not at our best point right now, but you know, the, it's a general upward trend. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh so thank you for being on the journey and uh listening to us improve and hopefully one day covid will just not not uh, dictate everything that goes on with this podcast that would be nice that to return really to that nice. state otherwise holden so many things this week we have so many movie trailers it's the super bowl and everybody's like i want to debut my trailer on super bowl sunday and by that i mean just on sunday on youtube but also <laughs> play it during the super bowl there's some trailers we haven't gotten yet although one of the ones we're going to talk about was like oh it's going to de- debut during the super bowl but it, it did it like a couple days ago <laughs> so that's a whole other thing how super bowl ads are just out now before yeah. the super bowl There's i hate trailers that. for super bowl ads yeah. Yeah. trailers for super bowl ads get over it okay um, eugene levy I, we get it he's driving a subaru or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> i don't even remember the car um uh but holden yes we have the super bowl tonight so no no rings of power trailer for the amazon lord of the rings yes. series but we do have other trailers what else do we have this week, Golden? Yeah, well, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of the season finale of The Book of Boba Fett, uh, episode seven of Peacemaker, and uh, the, oh, Night- yeah, Nightmare Night- Alley. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Alley, the newly uh, nominated uh, f- film by Guillermo del Toro. Yes, along with other highly acclaimed movies for some reason don't look up. <laughs> we'll get into in that in a minute. <laughs> All right, hold on. Yeah, let's do it. That one movie podcast. <laughs> but first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. 
Oh, I cannot wait for the Toms today, Holden. Me neither. Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Tom's Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Rams 25, Bengals 22. That's my that's my prediction. All right. All right. I'll uh I'll take your word for it. I am uh, going to a Super Bowl party, but I am going for the food. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what's up first, Holden? Uh, yeah, so first up, we have a Jurassic World Dominion trailer. Um, keep forgetting this movie's coming out, uh, and I don't even think this was like a Super Bowl ad thing. It was just, oh, now we're going to release the trailer. Um, what you th- What'd you think of it, Jimmy? Well, I you know I keep forgetting that the old cast is going to be in it, mm-hmm. so I am looking forward to that. Eating those member berries, yeah. um, <laughs> I I guess this trailer did enough for me to maybe move move it off my most dreaded list of the year. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just curious. I still uh, my expectations are very low. <laughs> I'm, I'm really- I guess Co- Colin <laughs> Trevorrow's Jurassic World was better than the second one. Although I do think the second one was well directed, I just thought the script was really bad. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm really excited for the first uh, Fast and Furious uh, or uh, James Bond style car chase with dinosaurs that we seem to have in the in the trailer. <laughs> it does seem like that James Bond, uh, no time to die car chase, but just dinosaurs are around now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think as far it, it's a good trailer in the fact that I don't absolutely dread this movie now. Um, it looks okay, but I think that's all it's going to be is okay. Um, I don't know. We could see. Oh, I mean, we will see, but Alan Grant, uh, the, the f- Laura Dern's character, I can't um, remember. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Gosh, is it Ellie? Ellie yeah Ellie something <laughs> I I should know this and uh Jeff Goldblum's character who's Ian Malcolm Ian Malcolm there we go they're all in it Ian Malcolm was in the last one for like five seconds but he's back again um let's see what's oh gosh now it's just showing me all a million of the Jurassic Park movies Ellie Sattler Ellie Sattler okay yeah there we go. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see them come back. I think that'll be cool. Um, they'll probably have a pretty big role in it. We'll see. Um, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are back, I guess. <laughs> cool. I, when they were showing the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, the returning cast uh, from the original movies. And then they would show like Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're also in these movies, aren't they? <laughs> they're characters that are just cardboard. <laughs> yeah, completely forgettable. They are like... There is no development to those characters. They are no. so bland. <laughs> and then they showed the little clone girl. I was like, oh, yeah, she's the one who effed everything up at the end of the was last movie. Is that the movie. one who's, who's like with, who keeps like popping up in the trailer? I don't know. Okay. I, I guess I didn't realize who, that's who that was. If that's every, was. every person who dies in this movie, she is directly responsible <laughs> for. Yeah. Um that movie was was really stupid. 
Yes. I wonder if Michael Giacchino is doing the score for this one. I thought the, the music was the best part of the old, uh, the, of Fallen Kingdom. It, there should be a game like, is it a Transformers subtitle or is it <laughs> is it a Jurassic World subtitle? Cause yeah, because it could go similar. either way. Uh, I'm not seeing where's the music. music. I don't know. Hopefully it's him. I doubt it, though, because he's been doing a, the Batman and stuff. So, Yeah, which will be better, almost certainly. I'm excited, though, because Lego is finally making a set of the T-Rex um, oh, yeah. Jeep scene from I the first that. movie, which cool. I've wanted for so long. So if those haven't sold out already, I'm probably going to go pre-order one. Nice. It's, it's nice. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to say Bergeron. I'll give I'll, I'll I'll be optimistic give it a brokaw because it's it was better looking than I was expecting which I was expecting uh total crap and it is Michael Giacchino for the music so I'm okay. looking forward to that good for him good for him uh next trailer we'll do uh nope uh the new Jordan Peele movie which was the one that I was hinting at was supposed to be a Super Bowl thing but then it just came out a few days ago because I remember hearing it was gonna like appear at the Super Bowl but yeah, what'd you, what'd you think of this trailer, Jimmy? I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Still don't know anything about this movie. Yeah, I aliens, I guess. That's my guess. Yeah. Like, But, I mean, obviously it's going to be more than just, you know, an, a simple alien invasion film, but... There's some, like, really creepy shots in this, in this trailer. Um, I mean... I don't think it's as initially unnerving as like the Us trailer was because that first trailer of that movie was like really creepy. I got five on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still it's very unnerving. It's a good trailer because we just don't know anything about it really. I like how they did the from Jordan Peele sort of reveal. Yeah, um, that was cool. Yeah, I think it's gonna have some people talking during the Super Bowl parties. I'm kind of glad it dropped before the Super Bowl, actually, so then I'm not trying to listen to it and pay close attention while other people are just having conversations. So Yeah, <laughs> that is probably um, for the best. But I'm looking forward to it. I, I like how they didn't tell us anything, just showed us random things. I have I have no idea what's happening. I don't even, like, are people flying away? I, I don't even know what the threat is. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to say Brokaw. The, yeah, I'm going to give Brokaw. The the weird poster that was revealed seems to be somewhat literal <laughs> in the movie. I don't know. It's very bizarre. Um, but yeah, uh, on to the next trailer. We can do Lightyear. New trailer for that new Pixar film uh, about Buzz Lightyear, but a real person maybe or something. I don't know. I think this looks really good, honestly. I'm pretty excited for this this movie, uh, and I think this trailer kind of cemented what the last one kind of had uh, for me, which was just like a hardcore, I mean, I guess not hardcore, you know, it's a kid's movie, but you know, a, a space sci-fi action movie by Pixar that I'm, I'm sure is going to have some sort of sappy message, but it seems to going to have a lot of cool action in it and stuff. I don't know. I think this has some promise. Is the... The bad guy, look at the, that's the same guy from Toy Story, right? Yeah, Zerg. Zerg. I was like, yeah. Zerg. Something I like that. Yeah, it looks like just a more souped up version of Zerg, so that's my guess. That's exciting to have an antagonist. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think it looks good. I, I don't have too much to say. I'm trying to keep my expectations in check. 
Sure. I do like that it looks a little bit more mature. I think uh, the cat robot thing's going to be pretty funny during the movie. Yeah, yeah. I like a good little cat robot. Looks cute. Yeah. We love a cute Disney companion. And, I mean, the animation just look go- looks gorgeous. Oh, I think yeah. it's a good idea to stick with the David, David Bowie song. Yeah. For this yeah. trailer as well. Good trailer music. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, broke off for me. Yes, Brokaw's all around, Holden. What other trailers do we have? The final trailer we have is for Men, um, the new Alex Garland film. Uh, Alex, uh, you specifically are a big fan of his work. Yes, and Holden's favorite movie, Annihilation. Yeah. From 2018? <laughs> yeah, I think 2018. I was in college at that point. With the uh, zombie polar bear or whatever it was. That was the best part of the movie was the was the weird bear thing. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I really like Ex Machina. Um, Jimmy, that's one of Jimmy's favorite movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really care for Annihilation. <laughs> but I mean, I don't I don't I respect that people really like it because I can see why people like it. But you're just not sophisticated enough to get that high concept sci-fi. Holding. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you if you watch Annihilation and know what's happening in the la- like in the 15 of the last 20 minutes of the movie, congratulations. <laughs> I had no idea what's going on. I guess the very end, I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah. There, there's some yeah. weird weird stuff that's happening. Um, but this was this trailer uh, starring Jesse Buckley, who we just reviewed. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. She is the star of that. Um, not, neither of us particularly like that. Movie. other favorite movie. Yeah, um, but it's. I, I wrote down the the brief one sentence synopsis. Uh, a young woman goes on a solo vacation in the English countryside after the death of her ex husband. So that's that's the premise. Interesting. Yeah seems to be a, a creepy guy in the trailer i don't know is it her ex-husband who knows there's Perhaps. a long tunnel is it pennywise yeah it could be probably um, not i mean visually it looks very good much like his his other films i don't know if it's the same you know director of photography or anything but um yeah i don't know it's not very, much is known it's it's kind of like the nope trailer we don't really know much about it yeah very ethereal you will yeah um i don't know no i don't have much to say other than that i'll give it a broke off yeah broke off for me too i'm excited holden uh yeah it is the same same uh cinematographer rob hardy oh okay cool very good um okay on to the other news Uh, i wanted to get this one out of the way because it was something we mentioned after uh the podcast last week and i made sure to make note of it um (laughs) roland emmerich his comments on uh marvel and disney uh films um yeah so roland emmerich i think it was last week had just like came out in an interview i assume for moonfall and kind of gave comments about marvel and disney and dc films um and he said marvel and dc comics and stars have pretty much taken over it's ruining our industry a little bit because nobody does anything original anymore you should make bold new movies you know and i think actually christopher nolan is the master of that he is someone who can make movies about whatever he wants i have it a little bit harder but i still have a big enough name especially when it's a disaster or has some sort of disaster theme (laughs) 
Roland Emmerich makes disaster movies? What? Yeah, who would have guessed? Um, yes, bold <laughs> new ideas like, let's have the moon freaking fall onto the earth. Um, I mean, like, yeah, he, technically his movies are typically original IPs or whatever, but they're all just crap <laughs> disaster movies. <laughs> There's a certain charm to them, but it is funny that he's kind of high on his horse. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like Michael Bay, like, you, you, you know, this isn't cinema. It's kind of like, I don't know, it just seems a little tone deaf. But again, whenever something like this comes up, I'm like, credit to this guy. He's made a bunch of movies in Hollywood. Like, that is no small task. So. No, yeah. I mean, he's making the movies he seems to want to make. And I like how he's getting in Christopher Nolan's corner. <laughs> like He's like, yeah, me and Christopher Nolan, we make the movies we want to make. <laughs> um so good on him i guess but also maybe be a little bit more self-aware when you're taking stabs at people for (laughs) not making good cinema yeah exactly um Um, so i guess bergeron i don't know just people just who cares what other people (laughs) think about marvel because it nothing is gonna change until people just stop paying to see them it's always like big news, you know, when like Martin Scorsese or whoever says something about it and then nothing, nothing has changed. So it's just to cares. get clicks on websites. They're just like, yep. they just are searching for it and people just keep feeding the beast by talking about it, including us, apparently. <laughs> so we mostly just brought it up because we think it's funny. But yeah. All right. What on to the on to actual things that are worth talking about. Yeah. So the Oscar nominations came out this week. Um and no, Holden, I said on to things that are worth talking about. <laughs> I set you up for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, kind of like we usually do, I don't want to go through all of them because a lot of them we don't have much to say about. Why is Don't Look Up for Best Picture? <laughs> Just a second, we'll get to Best Picture. I'm saving that one for last. That's the most interesting one to talk about. Um, although I do want to mention Best Visual Effects. Um, this category so you get you know you got dune um you have you know marvel of course representation in here shang chi and spider-man are here okay although i will say i think eternals looks better than either of those movies but I, i digress from that um and no time to die is also there and then also the one that surprises me is free guy (laughs) free guy has a best visual effects nomination i do think the visual effects are quite good in free guy i would say Really? I see I think they like I don't know. I like the ideas behind the effects, but I think they kind of look like crap. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they looked pretty good. I don't know. I I I don't really care. I just didn't like that movie, so I didn't yeah. think about it. Let's just hope it's it, we don't get a suicide squad situation where we have to start referring to it as an Oscar-winning film. I don't think so. Not when Dune came Dude. out. Um, I feel bad for uh, Nightmare Alley uh, because its production design and costume designs are great, and it's just gonna lose to Dune. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. Did it was it nominated for production? Oh yeah, it, it has to be. I mean, that movie. We'll talk about it, but the production design is fantastic for Nightmare Alley, and it's just gonna lose. <laughs> so, um, yeah, keep going, Holden. Uh, best cinematography uh we have dune obviously uh nightmare alley power of the dog tragedy of macbeth and west side story so very good stacked category this year nicely done 
yeah, all of them good. I wouldn't be unhappy with any of those winning. Um, you do best original score. Uh, don't look up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dune and Kanto parallel mothers, which I am not familiar with, and the power of the dog. So Dune. <laughs> Dune will probably. Win. I mean, I really like Power of the Dog score, so. I wouldn't I think that. it'll be Dune. Yeah, it'll probably be Dune. Dune's going to sweep a lot of these technical awards. Um, best animated feature. We have Encanto, uh, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus The Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I still need to catch Mitchells and the Machines on Netflix, but I really did like Raya and the Last Dragon. I did when too. When we talk about our favorite movies of the year, I think that will probably make my cut. Yeah, it might for me too. Um yeah, Flea's supposed to be good. Haven't seen that one yet. Uh, I think Encanto's going to win, though. Oh, I do. I don't. I hope not. I think that is not the best of those. Well, no, I, I, I agree, but I I just feel like that has the makings of, you know, a, a Disney feature that's going to win. Really? I, I mean, it was good, but I didn't think it was great. Yeah, so, we'll see. neither do I, but I think just due to its, I don't know, I, I hate to, you know, just say due to its popularity, but it's a lot more but popular than Raya was. I don't know. I thought Encanto wasn't actually doing that well box it, office It was. wasn't, but once it got onto Disney Plus in December, they have like that one song that's like, you know, everywhere now. That we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, yeah. I People seem to really like it. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I would rather have Raya win, but yeah. Um, we'll see, Holden, about that. Controversy. Yeah, exactly. Um, do we want to talk about the screenplay awards? Um, we can talk just quickly. Why not? Okay. Adapted screenplay, uh, Coda, which we haven't seen yet. Uh, which I said, car. we should see this, Holden. He's like, nah, I, I don't really care. Now I'm for <laughs> well, best picture. We'll see, we're seeing it now, it. bucko. Uh, so Coda, Drive My Car, which we also have not seen. Uh, which Dune, what? Which is at the State Theater now, Holden. You thought it was last, I don't know. It was, oh, okay. it's there today, but I'm like, it's the Super Bowl. I can't go today. <laughs> It'll probably come to like Cinemark. It will. The yeah. Oscars week. Are Oscars in the end of March? Yeah, I think so. Like Are they usually something? Do they no, used to be well, in February? Yeah, they did, but I think covid kind of got them offset and so now i think they're just in march yeah because i thought it used to be end of february then last mm-hmm. year was end of april and now it's end of march so who knows where we're going to be at in the future but yeah okay but anyway uh so it was coda drive my car dune the lost daughter and the power of the dog the lost daughter i think it's netflix it was like hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal directed it. I remember hearing stuff about it. I think it may have gotten an acting nom too. Interesting. Have not heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and then best original screenplay: Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Which I really want to see that. That's supposedly one of the better like, international movies. Well, why don't you? From- why don't you bloody look in the mirror, Holden? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you Australian? Yeah. <laughs> actually i'm british oh okay i guess it works for either um okay then we can go into the acting noms best supporting actress uh we have jesse buckley for the lost daughter um ariana debose for west side story judy dench for belfast kirsten dunst for the power of the dog and i 
do not know how to pronounce this name. Aungenu Ellis and King Richard. I don't. I haven't seen a lot of those. I I don't know who, who to say there. Oh, well, you only haven't seen two of those. I don't know. We'll see. Who do you think it should be, Olden? I think West Side Story is going to win that one. I think she's been having a lot of, you know, award season wins. So I think predictability-wise, she's going to win. But she was good. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Best Supporting Actor. um, I don't know how to say the grandpa from Belfast actor's name. Uh, Sharon Hines. Something like that. Sorry. The King Beyond the Wall. Yeah. Uh, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee also for The Power of the Dog. Yep. Which I think he's probably going to win. Solid. I don't know. I feel like the acting category isn't as strong this year as it typically is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. There's like, you for each category, there's like one that I like i think is a front runner and the rest are kind of like yeah probably good this, yeah like this this next one i've only i haven't seen any of these movies best actress uh we have jessica chastain for the eyes of Ta- tammy faye olivia coleman the lost daughter penelope cruz for parallel mothers nicole kidman being the ricardos and Kristen stewart for spencer yep so <laughs> i haven't we- seen any of those interesting that that none of them were kind of in any more mainstream movies or kind of the more best picture movies i think this is the only nomination spencer got which really surprises me based on what i heard of that um and best actor uh, javier bardem for being the ricardos benedict cumberbatch power of the dog andrew garfield tick tick boom will smith king richard and denzel washington tragedy of Macbeth. yep Sounds good. Sounds about like, right. I feel like Will Cumberbatch has it in the bag there. Benedict's got it. Will yeah. Smith's going to still miss out on the Oscar. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, and then best director, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Uh, Ryusuke Ham- Hamaguchi, Drive My Car. Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion, uh, The Power of the Dog. And Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. I would think Jane Campion's going to win. Mm-hmm. Which That's would be cool, back to back female directors after not, after, not having one for so long. Who won last year? Chloe Zhao. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. For the Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I, Denise should be on there, man. I'm sorry. I agree, P- yeah. PTA, you're a legend, but Licorice Pizza is not your best movie. It should be Denise. Sorry, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Drive My Car, so I'll wait to see who he should re- to say who he should re- replace. But yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah, um, but I I think Jane Campion should win deservedly. So, I just yeah. I would Let's like see. to have seen Denis Villeneuve get nominated for Pete's sake. Come on, especially um, since it's up for like literally every other award. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, best picture. Uh, this is the weird one. So we have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up. All right, okay. Uh, drive who vote like who voted Don't Look Up as the <laughs> like because they have to have number one votes right to qualify. Yeah, I think. Who so. said this is the best movie? I don't. Will know. Ferrell did just Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> for their own. Can you vote do that? For our movie. Yeah. Um. 
and then Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So, I mean, you have some obvious ones on there. I think I'm just, I'm most surprised by Don't Look Up and Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Um, Just because, I don't know, I... <laughs> Usually when it comes to Oscar season, I'm expecting nominations to be more movies that I either haven't heard of or, you know, I just haven't had the opportunity to see. And I've seen a surprising amount of these movies already. Um, I don't know. I mean, certainly some good ones on there. I think Power of the Dog, West Side Story, uh, Dune, Nightmare. I mean, I, I like a lot of these movies, but I don't know. I do. I'm trying to think of what was left off. What didn't make the cut? I mean, like I said, Spencer was supposedly really good. That didn't get like anything here at the Oscars. Well, um, that's because my mom didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've heard it was really good. She's like, oh, it was, it was so bad. I didn't like it. I had to stop watching it. I'm like, yep. Um, yeah, I don't know what other like front runners were there. Um. I don't know what else we've seen for this podcast that could go on there. Um, Mortal Kombat should have been on there. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Um, let me just see. Oh, people said the Green Knight. Maybe that's. Oh I yeah, I was seeing that. Yeah, I Being don't. I, on their best picture snubs. Um, Mass didn't see that. Last night in Soho. No, that should not have been there. But, I mean, if you're going to have Don't Look Up in there, I mean, come on. Like, I think Spider-Man should have been in there over oh, Don't yeah. Look Up. <laughs> like, I mean, Sp- yeah, Spider-Man was better than Don't Look Up. 100% believe that, outside of my Marvel bias. Um, and I even liked Don't Look Up. I thought I was going to hate that movie, and I didn't even hate it. But, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Green Knight, the last two. I guess, you know, these aren't, like... Big tick tick poom. Yeah, that's Maybe. probably the big one for me. I thought that movie was. I'm glad Andrew Garfield got a nom at least. He was really good. But I I just I do not understand how Don't Look Up made it. I just I especially since it didn't get anything else other than what screenplay. Which yeah. why is that? Why did that get credited for writing? Yeah, I don't understand. Um, I think it's interesting that there's not more, like some of these are uh, nominations that don't really have any acting stuff tied to it. Usually you get Best Picture nominees basically driven by the performances, but... That's true. I was kind of surprised. Nightmare Alley. I think they have good performances in them, but they're not nominated for anything else. I was kind of surprised Belfast didn't get any like leading acting noms. It was only the two grandparents that got nods. No, I think that sounds about right. But I don't know. I think it's between Belfast and um, uh, Power of the Dog. I, I think, say. yeah, I honestly, I think Belfast for a while was the front runner, but I'm, I think Power of the Dog has I a think, lot. I think uh, that yeah. and Dune are going to split most of these awards. Yes, I would agree. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see all the best picture movies before they come out and review them on here. Yeah. That's why we decided to do Nightmare Alley this week. Yeah, so that's why we have Nightmare Alley. It's on HBO, Max. And Hulu, I think. I think it's on both. I th- Maybe. I think you can get HBO Max through Hulu. So I think it's one of those deals. Maybe. 
could be. We'll see. Anyway, Holden, any the the Oscars, Bergeron, who really, it's <laughs> it's arbitrary. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Just think the best picture stuff is funny. Um, okay, other news. So the Uncharted director, uh, which yikes to that movie. Um, Ruben F- Ruben Fleischer is apparently wor- his next project is a Jack and Daxter movie <laughs> that he's also working with PlayStation on. So apparent- <laughs> All right, what's the other story? Bombadil. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I people really like Jack and Daxter. I have not played any of the games, but this movie looks not good. Yeah. So I'm why kinda, would I, he why would he make a better movie with another Naughty Dog property? I don't. I'm know. I'm just surprised that PlayStation is apparently satisfied enough with Uncharted to to trust him with another property. Um. Yeah. So Amazon apparently is making a Blade Runner sequel series, uh, live action. It's going to be titled Blade Runner 2099, and it will indeed be taking place after both existing films. Uh, Ridley Scott is returning in a producer role once again, but no showrunner or directors have been confirmed yet. Bergeron, I guess. I don't know. Blade Runner show could be really good. It also could be really boring and messy. So I almost wonder if like it would work maybe even better in a show format as much as you know we both love 2049 um i don't know i I think a show procedural thing could be kind of cool i don't know the thing is like for a blade runner show i i would only really want to watch it if it's very good (laughs) like i don't want (laughs) to watch a blade runner show that's not going to be excellent because i think it i don't it's not interesting enough the world and it's got to depend on the character. I mean, Denis was someone who could make something amazing. Sure, I think sure. you need to be really talented and really focused to tell the story. So I'm very skeptical. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. I, I think, I mean, Amazon would have the money to put behind it, but we'll see if the skill is there, too. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Berge, uh, Bergeron for me. Yeah, Bergeron for me, too. Uh, and then this bit, yeah, this one's mostly for me, um, is uh, Netflix is removing their original Marvel series at the beginning of March. Um, no official statement has been released so far, only that uh, it only became known when people noticed a leaving March 1st banner appearing at some of the beginning of some of the episodes. Um, Entertainment Weekly did confirm it with Netflix, so it's not like an error, but not much is known as to uh, where they're and when they're going to show up somewhere else, or if they're going to show up somewhere else. Maybe they're not. Does that include Daredevil? Yeah, it does include Daredevil. I would imagine they're going to Disney Plus. No. Or Hulu. Or Hulu. Yeah. My guess is probably Hulu since they're like R rated stuff. TVMA. Mm. But. Yeah, Hulu. Yeah. Um, guess but, I'm not watching Daredevil then. <laughs> not anytime soon, at least. Nope. Um, yeah, I'll give that a Bergeron. Because, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of. If it ends up on a Disney platform, that's nice. Just kind of for keeping it concise. I don't know, Bergeron, I guess. Bombadil, because I can't just watch my parents' Netflix to watch it. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 are apparently planned as Tom Cruise's send-off for the series, which, you know, makes sense given his age. (laughs) I feel like he should probably (laughs) stop soon. Yeah. Um, And apparently... I can't speak. In addition to that... Uh, Seven's budget is apparently close to $290 million at this point due to all the delays. <laughs> wow. Um, 
yeah, I can't wait for those movies to come out. It'll be sad that that it will be the end of the Mission Impossible movies, one of the most consistent franchises since the third movie in terms of quality mm-hmm. and entertainment value. So, yeah, Tom Cruise is going to die, though, making these movies. <laughs> I don't think they have anywhere left to go other than space. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's wise for them to stop while they're ahead. So if, they, if they've got a great finale planned, awesome. Yeah, and it sounds like they do since they were kind of planning them back to back. So at least mm-hmm. they get to go out on their own terms, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So I guess Brokaw? Yeah, Brokaw for me. Um, and that's pretty much all I have. Gaming news, there was a Nintendo Direct this week um, full of a bunch of stuff that I don't really care about because it was like RPGs and stuff. New Xenoblade Chronicles, which I know Nintendo fans are crazy about, but it's an RPG, so it's not really my cup of tea. Um, I don't know. Anything for you, Jimmy? No, I think we should keep this puppy rolling. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about still, so. All right, what next, Holden? On to our review of the season finale of The Book of Boba Fett. Series finale, we can only hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so episode seven, the finale of The Book of Boba Fett. Um, It's... Spoiler reviews, obviously, here. Yeah. If you want to skip over, time codes are in the description, as always. But we are going to get into it. Holden, overall impression of the final episode of Book of Boba Fett. Um, It's the best Boba Fett one. I, I disagree, I think. Really? I thought this okay. episode was... Oh, I, I guess you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, I was asking you. Okay, uh, yeah, so I think it's the best one. I actually had some fun with this episode, but it's still quite a bit of a mess, and uh, it, it nowhere near saves the show for me. Like, I think this, sh- this, uh, this final episode would have had to have been, like, perfect for it to have, uh, you know, made the show any better, and it was not that, so <laughs> I don't know. What did you think, Jimmy? I thought messy was the the term to go with. Poorly directed. I was watching this and I was like, this is just badly directed again. Is it Robert Rodriguez? And yeah, it, it was. It was like I I just think I sorry, Robert Rodriguez. I just don't like out of the people directing this show, you have been consistently the worst. <laughs> yeah. Which is surprising because I think he's done some of the good episodes of The Mandalorian. I can't remember exactly which ones he did, but I remember not thinking those were bad (laughs) whenever they were (laughs) i just think it's it was clearly a step back and a step down from episodes five and six i would say um yeah yeah in some ways i agree with you i i it was like a night and day difference for me and i was hoping that they were building up to this big finale but it just felt so I don't know. It just felt so by the numbers again or something. Like it just uninspired. It just kind of was like awkward, uninspired, weirdly paced, poorly directed where the stuff on paper should be cool, but it just isn't. And it also just doesn't make that much sense when you're watching it. Yeah. I think weirdly paced is also a really good good word for it because... <laughs> 
I don't know. It's like, okay, so the majority of this episode is obviously, you know, a big battle thing in the city. Um, but yeah, the pace of the battle is just weird. It's like different. <laughs> like As soon as one threat ends, then a new one appears. It's just like staggered threats appearing, which is kind of boring and nonsensical like yeah like why like why would they send all these people just to get shot when they could have just sent the robots in the first place yeah why do you need to send send it all at once like or and why do you need to send robots when you could just literally shoot one missile and take them all out and especially if you don't really care about the city yeah like you already blew up a bar full of people (laughs) like you clearly (laughs) don't care about killing civilians the pike syndicate's supposed to be so wealthy surely they could just have pay someone to destroy a ship it's like what was cad bane doing the whole time cad bane was the most worthless addition to this show <laughs> like like oh yes he is a cool character in the clone wars he's a cool bounty hunter guy and you know if they had introduced him at the beginning of the season and he acted as this rival bounty hunter guy to boba fett and even if like they could even done it in a way where he's like a weird third party and then in the last couple episodes it's revealed he's working with the pike syndicate like that could work he he could even be weaved into the flashbacks or something yeah yeah but instead he's in this for like literally four scenes the entire show um and he does hardly anything and he just dies like (laughs) at the end of the episode (laughs) and he just doesn't show up show back up until the end of the episode again like you didn't even get to see him be that cool except for he just kind of intimidated those villagers and then it still didn't work yeah exactly like like yeah he's a cool cowboy character and i think his design is neat and like i said clone wars he's very awesome but just has nothing to do in this show and is just there for what I complained about last week about, you know, Star Wars reintroducing these things with no context for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I And I also just didn't like how they did, like, the the baby Yoda decision reveal. Like, he's just there. It's like, oh, you put the thing on. <laughs> I get, like, they, yeah. they could have, I think they could have maybe even referenced that moment again or something. I don't know. It, it just was... felt... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still of the opinion that they should have waited until the next season of Mandalorian for that, honestly. Um, but if they had wanted to reintroduce him here, there's so many better ways they could have done it. Like with that reveal. I don't know. It was just... It was weird. I The Rancor was cool, but... I don't know. I, I just does, was like... Just does a King Kong bit for a second. Yeah, I was weird. like... It was weird that it was like, oh, this is an animal, and just quit shooting at it. You're scaring. <laughs> just like, what is happening? Um, yeah, I mean, like, certain things like that, I'm glad there was some payoff, but it's just, like, weird. I don't know. I don't think the payoff was necessarily good. <laughs> the um, the big droidica droids were worthless. <laughs> I mean, like, they should have been so OP, and they were but they like why could they not just hit anything with their aim like why also, were they so like, inept their speed aiming? didn't make any sense like 
because they were big lumbering robots and then when like mando and what's her name are running away from it it keeps catching up with them <laughs> like they're, they're like driving away from it at high speeds i don't i don't understand that and i love how they're all just shooting at the shields even though it just continually isn't working and they're like well let's just keep shooting it and not yeah, just maybe find it'll cover work this time <laughs> i'm like why are you shooting it as you're going just focus on getting away I don't appreciate the inconsistency with Lego Star Wars, the video game, where you could cut through the Droidica shields with a lightsaber, but uh, Mando couldn't cut through it with a lightsaber. Well, here. I think it was a new iteration of shields. Okay, so, well. There you go. <laughs> I liked how... I liked the design of them. I just, like... They yeah. just seemed completely incompetent, yet invincible at the same time. I mean, it's... it's like, the Like, I mean, you watch the show. I'm like, the things are right in front of them. Like, the people. Why could it not hit... Like, it keeps shooting just behind them. I'm like, why is it aiming down? <laughs> why is it... I mean, it's... Why can't this robot hit its target? It's the... Uh, I mean, yeah, that was probably the best example of, like, what I want from Star Wars, which is just, like, new like new ideas that can be you know you know take some old ideas and incorporate them in new ways and i think those droids yeah cool design and everything but pretty pointless and it's a nice nod to dry to cuz and all, like it, it's all there but the way they executed it was just it seemed so nonsensical their blaster sounds are the same as droidica blaster sounds <sighs> yeah um that was that was weird and then why does Mando's just like I guess I'm just gonna die with you Boba Fett even though I showed up here like 15 minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) why (laughs) okay I will say uh you know baby uh, Grogu jumping into Mando's arms was like the cutest thing I've ever seen that was adorable when he force (laughs) force hugs yeah that was that was really cute that that was that was uh the first time I felt anything with Star Wars this entire show (laughs) there you go but um yeah i mean i love amy sedaris but her character just still feels so out of place i think yeah especially with how big of a role she plays in this last episode like i don't know it's it's just bizarre (laughs) she it's i don't it's just hard to take her seriously in the star wars universe i would say yeah she just doesn't she just feels like a cartoon i think is the problem Mm. i have is she just doesn't seem like an actual person um, and I love Amy Sedaris, but yeah, yeah I, I, I just can't, I just get pulled out of the universe a little bit whenever she's on screen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, for goodness sakes, let's get the heck off Tatooine, <laughs> please. Can we yeah, just not do return? something more interesting? I hope like Mando season three, none of it takes place on Tatooine. That'd just be great. Also Another Fennec game. just gone. <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode until the very end and she just kills everybody i guess well that that i i hated that it was like like Bo- okay so they build up like cad bane taunts boba fett at the beginning of this episode saying like oh the pikes are the the ones who you know killed your the tribe of uh, guys that you were with. tuscan raiders tuscan raiders yeah <laughs> um but and so he kills Cad Bane. He like enacts his revenge on him, even though Cad Bane isn't the one who killed the the the, the Tuscan Raiders. And then Fennec, very unsatisfactorily, like kills the Pike guys. 
which was pretty brutal. And I was initially before it revealed it was her, I was like, okay, finally we see Boba Fett doing something ruthless and then it's her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah. And my goodness, those speeder, the speeder bike gang was the worst part of the show. I, I, they were awful. And again, they're going at like eight miles per hour again. (laughs) I just cannot take it serious. It's like I'm watching an action scene in slow motion. Yeah. (laughs) They're going so slowly on their speeder bikes and they're trying to pretend like they're so cool. I'm sorry. Yeah. They were, they were bad. Awful. I hated it. And then the guy like can't, why can't he use his eye to like aim? <laughs> yeah, isn't like they're supposed to be modded to improve themselves. Like I figure that's part of the reason he has a robot eye, like to help him aim. I don't know. It was I just every time they showed up it was awful. Honestly, <laughs> it was just bad. It felt weird, mm-hmm. out of place, not Star Wars esque. Did not enjoy their addition to the show. I um, agree, yeah. Cad Bane just died (laughs) i hope he's not dead because that was it just i get that there's supposed to be more stuff in like the clone wars show and that and maybe comics but we didn't see any of that on Mm -hmm. screen so he just dies and i'm sorry Tamura morrison's acting is also just not very good in my opinion and and maybe that goes to the direction again i didn't really notice it that much until this episode but i'm like he is just talking as the the way he's talking nobody would talk like that yeah he's like we got to stay in here (laughs) part of that is the script too (laughs) but like he's the way he says it it's like he's putting on a voice sure he's just not talking like a person would talk i didn't notice it until it was this episode so maybe i'm just really slow to realize that it's not a good performance i honestly don't think it's too different from how he was in the other episodes but i just like just talk like a person (laughs) um the bike syndicate they're not good guys the uh the the scene or like where he kills cad bane and then it plays like this triumphant music there's so much it keeps like switching which side like which way he's holding his staff in like different shots like it like uh like which spot is like he's holding forward it's just like the wrong side in each like shot reverse shot thing it's so it's pretty funny they need to, uh, like, Tamara Morrison, love the guy. They need to put the helmet on and get a stunt double. Like, he is he's, he is not in the physical shape he needs to be in yeah. to do these stunt scenes in a way that makes it compelling to watch. Yeah. It just yeah. needs to be a more visceral show, or at least just more hand-to-hand gritty stuff. And it's just not. It's just this clean disney plusified action sequences that have no inspiration to them Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah they just need they need to get some stunt people in there let them do their thing and make it make it more compelling um let's see other things to talk about it was cute that baby yoda slept right up next to the rancor (laughs) yeah that was cute (laughs) and uh, like you know, we predicted in basically the rest of the internet too, I guess, when I looked on it, is that, yeah, Baby Yoda sat in the little dome. He likes to, he likes to 
go fast. Yeah, that was cute too. <laughs> I like how he had the little the little ball thing from the Razor Crest still as well. Yeah. But uh yeah, I guess um <laughs> again, I just like what like 20 years from now when people want to watch the Mandalorian so many people are going to be confused when they start season three and they're just together again well it's it's kind of although it makes more sense in this case but um with the Marvel Netflix shows which we just mentioned earlier uh, Daredevil seasons one and two you know take place one right after another and then the Defenders season happened before season three so if you just go into season three without knowing what happened in that show you're gonna be like super confused as to like the context of what's happening so it's it kind of reminded me of that but i i just what (laughs) that was weird Mm -hmm. uh yeah i don't know they should have just wove this storyline into mando season three i think and boba fett just takes a back seat Mm-hmm. Which he was great at in Mando season two. And yeah, he was a great supporting character. Maybe they work together to make him kind of the new Damio or whatever they call them of of tat, of yeah of of Mos Espa, and that it's kind of coordinated effort. But my goodness, and they kind of set up for a second season at the end of this. My my goodness, I don't want to see that. No, no, it's gonna be so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what is there left to do? <laughs> They're like, now we got to really establish control. Not, they've got to fight those huts that had no payoff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, I hope there is not a second season of this show. Yeah, but let's, let's unless, you know, someone actually makes it interesting. Yeah, you get a, I mean, get a good showrunner involved. I mean, John Favreau... I think he wrote most of this and he did a good job with Mandalorian, but he just clearly cares about the Mandalorian more than he cares about this. I'm betting he just did it because Disney told him to. I don't know. I think there was an idea there. They're like, oh yeah, I got enough for a show. And then they actually went and wrote it out. Like, I think they had the story all down mm-hmm. and then they wrote it out and there just They're wasn't like, oh, very no. much, <laughs> there wasn't meat on the bones of this story. Mm-hmm just kind of felt like an outline where they didn't fill in the details <laughs> like yeah boba fett's got to be the crime lord and at the end of the season he's gonna be the crime lord and then Cobb vanth is still alive told you <laughs> he was a little bit closer to dead than i thought but he's still alive i uh i kind of yeah i kind of would have liked it i mean i i think whatever the character is fine but it would have been cooler if he stayed dead would have felt oh where they're like well i can't do this forever we're gonna need somebody to do this forever yeah Cobb vanth (laughs) can't wait for them to set up Cobb vanth in the second season of book of boba fett yeah he's gonna be the he's gonna have his own spinoff series next oh man um yeah i think this episode was had had moments i mean it, it was cool to see our anchor fighting a droid also why didn't the droid just shoot it right away? <laughs> it was right in front of him. Well, because it can't hit anything. <laughs> As you said. <laughs> Seriously. It's making no the stormtroopers look good. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 7 out of 10 for this episode. I think that's fair for me, too. Yeah, 7 out of 10 is fine. But, a cl- I mean, going from, you know, eight and a half, nine and a half to a 7. Actually, maybe I'll go 7 and a half. I liked it a little more than you. 
Seven and a half is good. And I think that's higher than I rated any of the other Boba Fett episodes. But uh, yeah, I still think the best Boba Fett episode was the second episode. But that's fine. You can be wrong, Jimmy. This this didn't have any trains in it, Holden. No trains. Yeah, you do love a good train. Give me a good train. That's what You're I say. You're gonna be so sad when Uncharted doesn't have a train in it next. I week. am seriously. The one thing you had to do was put a train in it. Now you got flying pirate ships. Literally, two of the Uncharted games have trains in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can there at least be a convoy chase? Yeah, we need that good convoy chase. Can't wait to see him fall out of an airplane for the thirtieth time since the trailers started. It whatever. Um. Let's let's be done. Let's. What are we talking about? Yep. Peacemaker. 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 Episode seven. Peacemaker. Episode seven. Um, the penultimate episode of the show. Um, spoilers, obviously, for this. Again, yep. Time codes in the description. Skip around, and we'll give you a second here to do that if you need to do that. Otherwise, um, yeah, we will be diving into spoilers for this good show, Peacemaker. Yeah, actually good. Um, so I think this is my favorite episode so far. Really? Uh, yeah, I I was kind of thinking about it, and I like skimmed through it again. You know, I, I do that even with the shows I like <laughs> before the the podcast, just so I can remember what all happened. Um, and I just like I think. It's very concise. I think it might be the shortest episode so far, but it has yep. like it has the heart, the humor, the I, the great characters. I feel like it has like all of these like great things we've already complimented about and it's like all condensed in this one episode. I feel like it just has like everything we like about the show so far. I don't know. Interesting. I I would say I liked the third episode and was it the f- fifth episode where they go and the, the gorilla one whatever the, oh, yeah, the, the one where they one. first <laughs> the first take out the the senator that mission i think that's the third episode that's the third one yeah and <laughs> his toe is getting cut off <laughs> and then the, the i think it's the fifth right where they go after the gorilla mm-hmm. or not yeah. the gorilla but they go to that glenn tire or whatever gorilla there i i like those episodes more than this one but i do think i you know this one almost I won't say filler because it's it's not filler. I mean, they, they clearly these different character moments happen that we were building up towards and stuff happens to progress the plot. But in terms of kind of the, the main quest, if you will, we're left at the same point we were last time where it was like, oh, we got to take out the cow. And then at the end of this episode, yeah, it's, yeah. oh, we got to like, go take out the cow. So that didn't progress. But yes, we have the whole conclusion of the white dragon father story arc and the um so i forget the name <laughs> what's the what is it um what's the, what was the butterflies guy guy's name oh I'm, mern mern okay i was gonna say merv but that was a place on the silk road so okay. that i was teaching about this week and i'm like that's not it it's not merv but it's something like that <laughs> um having his story arc coming to a close and that was a touching moment when he reaches his little hand out yeah that was so cute well initially i was like okay well he kind of just got gunned down i felt like that was kind of you know a little anticlimactic it didn't really give him a a great death scene but yeah when when it was the butterfly which i guess makes more sense because you know it was the butterfly inside Mern the whole time but yeah um but that was good the whole 
white dragon chase was good too. Did not redeem him. Uh, no, satisfyingly which, so. Shot him yeah. in the head. Uh, yeah, I yeah. The, you, what else did you like about this hold? I mean, I think yeah, the stuff with Peacemaker and his dad is probably my favorite part. Um, I, I the flashback at the beginning of the episode was was pretty hard to watch. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but yeah, him. I, I just I think him and his dad. It's like the perfect way to show how far Peacemaker has come in this show. You know, like because at the beginning of the show. I mean, his dad is, like, super mean to him, but he at least still thinks he likes his dad <laughs> or whatever. And just over the course of the show, the way Peacemaker has grown and learned he doesn't want to kill people and, you know, has come to care for these people around him and they've all taught him things. And, you know, Peacemaker's dad is still the old, the same old racist man <laughs> that he was at the beginning of the show. Him learning that he doesn't need his dad or anything is, is very satisfying. And I was actually kind of surprised that he did kill him, but I think it was it was probably it, well, it was very satisfying. Yeah. And uh, uh, Economos coming out once again, saving the day by gunning down all the, all the other <laughs> white supremacists. Um. Yeah, the raccoon with the yeah. helmet and just. Claw, just off screen clawing up his face that was pretty funny <laughs> um yeah i mean uh yeah you had some good moments in this episode building towards the finale which the cow thing is a big space worm ish thing yeah, i don't know what to call it get thingy yeah not an actual cow somewhat disappointing in that regard I was kind of hoping it was just going to be a giant like green cow or something. I think that would have been pretty funny. Um, yeah. What what else happens in this episode? It is brief, like we said, where you have these yeah. moments. Uh, some of the jokes I liked how there's no there's no wrong time to rock. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I think Vigilante was pretty good in this episode. I mean, he's, he usually is pretty good, but I I liked him like wanting to kill the vets. <laughs> at the, at the oh vet. yeah 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 i forgot about that whole sequence yeah I, I thought that was really funny um and then how he's like compassionate about them not being tied up with duct tape because it'll hurt their wrists or whatever and it was it economist just like wait you're you're passionate about that but you're not about this he's like yeah yeah <laughs> i like how vigilante just has zero self-awareness yeah <laughs> um and then i liked how the the veterinarians and the nurses were like well, yeah, let's do this at the end. They're like, you guys cannot come with us. You'll just die. <laughs> I uh, the also the fight between uh, Judo Master and what's her name Harcourt. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, that was good. Also, I don't know if tasing him would actually put him down. I was waiting for him to pop back up. Yeah, I kind of was too. I'm like, you got it. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do the old. Um, top of the toilet, you know, bowl thing, smash him in the oh, head. Oh, yes, yeah, smash a few times. <laughs> I, the Judo Master has to have some sort of payoff this next episode. Oh, yeah, he will. They're keeping him around and they keep, they just keep beating him and like, and capturing him. Um, I liked his little bit at the convenience store. I just, I think it's so funny when he's just eating those flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know, very funny image. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking forward to the last episode. I guess I don't know if I have that much more to say. We've kind of hit all the highlights mm-hmm. of, yeah. of what's going to happen. Um, like we said, um, the just the character arcs have been great. Uh, the only thing I would say is I don't know if you really absolutely... I mean, we have yet to see the payoff of it, but the Autobio betraying Peacemaker with the diary... Yeah, I just haven't found that to be the most necessary or believable character thing. Like, I felt like where her character was at when she betrayed him with the diary didn't seem to be where she was actually at as a character. Yeah, and now it's created a conflict with them where they really aren't. I I I was surprised at how mad Peacemaker was, was still about that when he's like i just can't wait till i don't have to talk to you anymore yeah i yeah i will see um i'm sure we'll get another amanda waller appearance or something and maybe she'll tell her off or something in this next episode i don't know um but yeah overall very very good episode like i said i think it's my favorite one so far we'll see hopefully this series ends on a high note um what do you think the amanda waller payoff's gonna be I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, because like everyone on the crew hates her and like, very vocal about it. And Adebayo obviously is very uncomfortable with that and um, has her own issues with with her mom. So I feel, I don't know. I feel like... Is she going to die, you think? I mean... No, no. I don't think they're going to kill off Waller. I, 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 you do see the parallels between... Um, peacemaker and Adebayo now, though now that you yeah. think about it, with their the parents coming to terms with their parents not being good people, so maybe that's a point of connection for them in the, the last episode. And yeah, we'll I see. I feel like Waller hasn't had enough of like a physical presence in this for I feel like that to be warranted. I don't know, unless she makes some sort of decision. Yeah, I I'm more. It's more likely to me that. Like Adebayo's, you know, gonna tell off Waller or I don't know, hinder her operation well, somehow or I don't know. Well, lest we forget Holden, Peacemaker still has that chip in his brain. Do you think there's a moment where Amanda Waller's gonna <sighs> kill Peacemaker and Adebayo has to make a decision there? Uh, I mean, maybe. I guess I could see that. That'd be very bold. Um, my guess is, I don't know. I feel like they like I don't know. I I, I feel like they're gonna they would want Peacemaker around for the potential of a second season because I think I thought that there work. was confirmed a second season. Am I making that up? Maybe I don't know. I can't let me look it up quick. Okay, but. I mean, so if that's the case, then obviously Peacemaker's not going to die. But, yeah, I mean, I think is going to betray her mom in some way. I don't think Waller's going to die, though. Waller's a big enough character in the DC universe that I feel like they'll want to keep using her. No confirmation of a season oh, two. Okay. okay. So, I mean, yeah, your pred- if your prediction is true, that would be very bold and, and interesting. And I would respect it, but I don't know. We'll see. Oh, well, here's an article, though, that says Peacemaker creator James Gunn thinks a season two at HBO Max is highly likely. Oh, okay. So so probably not going to die. 
Probably not. But maybe she's the main antagonist of the next season. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, we'll see, though. I, lots of things, Holden, that could happen this final episode. Mm-hmm. Excited. Excited. Do you think there's going to be a little cliffhanger, a little post-credits cliffhanger maybe? Oh, yeah. There's going to be something. Whether it ties into another you know, DC property or just a hint at a season two, we'll get something. Yeah. All right. Uh, Actually, it'd be I, kind of funny if, like, like it's it like Peacemaker ends up on the news and like Idris Elba's character is like sitting in a bar and sees it and is like, "What the heck?" or something. <laughs> That'd just be kind of a fun little wink and nod, but um, um, we'll see. Yeah, uh, ratings. I guess I'll go eight. I think I'll eight go. And, uh, eight, I'll go eight. I think. I think this is a nine and a half for me because I think. My highest rated one previously was a nine, so I'll go nine and a half. Really like it. All right, sweet Holden. Let's talk about Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, the uh, new film by Guillermo del Toro, uh, came out at a very unfortunate time, the same week as um, Spider Man <laughs> No Way yeah. Home. Um, which I I didn't realize this is a Fox Searchlight movie. So Disney literally just dumped this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I hadn't realized that. But um, but yeah, it's on HBO Max and Hulu now. And uh, obviously was just nominated for Best Picture. We'd kind of, at the end of the last episode, said maybe we'll watch it. And, you know, the Best Picture nom is kind of what confirmed it for us. So here we are. Um kind of premise of this movie non-spoilers obviously to start um we have bradley cooper who plays a a con man um stanton i can't remember his last name uh first name stan though but uh he kind of he goes to a little carnival and he's starting to learn some tricks on how to swindle people and you know some bad things start coming of it i think it is it carlisle Oh I'm yeah, that, that Stan- sounds right. Stanton, Stanton Carlisle. Yeah, is that what it was? I think so. Um, it's an adaptation of a novel from the '40s that was later made into a movie, like the next year <laughs> after the movies or after the book's release. So there's already a movie of this. I haven't seen the original, but I did read about it after I saw this. Um, so I know some comparisons and whatnot, but. What do you think of this movie, Jimmy? Here's where I'm at with this movie. Uh, I liked the performances. The cinematography, great. Production value, great. Costumes, great. I think my biggest issue with this movie is that I liked the first act better than the second and third acts. And yeah. I thought the ending was... A lot of people really liked the ending. I thought the ending was really predictable and i was like let's just get there this movie has been two and a half hours long i also like i i saw the ending coming too i don't i don't really know why i mean i think it's a good ending it is it is a good ending but yeah i i don't i didn't really see why it was yeah i i did like this movie i liked it more than i thought i was going to my biggest issue, honestly, is that I really, really liked the first yeah, but third I, of I it, just, and then the rest of the movie I just didn't think was as interesting as the first third. But there's some people the mm-hmm. other way around who are like, 
the first third took too long to get going and then it finally got going and then the last part was really good so i guess it just depends on your your uh your subjective opinion here yeah yeah that's fair um yeah obviously we can't get into (laughs) into what that ending is i guess um but yeah for me I also thought the first act was way better. Like the it's a, it's literally like the first hour of this movie is so good. Um, I just this movie feels a little bit like messy in structure to me. It feels disjointed um, in a lot of ways because I like the first act. Yeah, you have you know setups and payoffs later on in the movie, but it the setting and everything is so far removed in my opinion from what happens later yes it is not a simple story no it's a simple like premise like you could say it in one sentence but the way it plays out is not simple or straightforward it takes a lot of zigs and zags you said they're like the settings in this movie and the tones are just completely drastically different in Mm -hmm. in different parts of the movie where it's like okay that was the first chunk the first chunk is over now we're watching a completely different movie for the second chunk the same characters it almost feels like a trilogy you know in 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 one movie Mm -hmm. um and like i said i just didn't like it as much as i did that first hour yeah and that also leads into the pacing which for the first, I mean, I had heard this movie was long, obviously two and a half hour runtime. That is kind of long. Um, the first hour, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is fun, kind of breezing by. I don't really mind if we get a long movie kind of like this. Um, but then, yeah, once the second act starts, it really just it slows down quite a bit and becomes a little repetitive in some ways um, for that second hour. Um and yeah, I, I kind of, I think the parts, I mean, I do like that ending quite a bit, not as much as that first act, but I would say the first hour in the last 30 minutes for me are, are pretty good. And then it's just like that middle hour that could use some trimming down or reworking. And it seems like that's kind of how the old movie was too, in terms of structure. And I, so that makes me think the book is that way. So I don't, I don't know how accurate this is to the novel and how much of that has to do with the novel, but it kind of reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you've read Jane Eyre, but no. I, and I don't, I read it like as a sophomore in high school or whatever. But I, if I recall like the first, the third of that book takes place in like one setting and then it goes somewhere else. And it's just a completely different book after that. Oh, sure. And that was kind of a similar thing, too, where I liked the first part of Jane Eyre and I didn't like the rest of the book as much. So it's like um, it it's just it's weird. It does. It definitely feels like a book adaptation. Like you're like, this was a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At one point. And um, I think I just like I liked the setting of the first act so much. I loved the characters of the first act. Mm-hmm. And the cinematography was just magnificent. The way Guillermo del Toro just moves the camera, it was just magical. Um, yeah, and like the, it's similar to his other movies. It's very dark in terms of like a, vi- it's it's dark but colorful. It's kind of what a lot of his movies are. Like it, he doesn't, it's not a Zack Snyder where he, he you know 
doesn't have all the colors in his shots or whatever but he similar to him he will have his shots very dark in general even during the daytime there's a sadistic whimsicality to this film yeah yeah i agree it's a great that you like that (laughs) (laughs) it's a great movie like a lot of del toro's movies are about just how awful people are (laughs) so this is this fits very much in line with that i do like that element of this like the the edges of human morality the Mm -hmm. fringes of it and and how you know where you are in life can depend on your circumstances and you can be one place and you can be another and there's really like in terms of the human your humanity there's really not that big of a difference between the two i guess just different ends of spectrum and i loved how he kind of explored that in this movie just let's just get there faster like you just <laughs> trim the fat man trim the fat off the movie so we can so we can get there and um yeah i i thought the acting was was good i thought maybe rooney mara's character gets sidelined kind of yeah. later on to, I, she, as a disservice but. yeah i think her character in general I think it just needed a bit more there. I don't know. I we didn't really get a ton, like really any backstory for her or anything. And I, I, it was hard for me to get a sense of you know why she was so trusting to Stan and whatnot. Like, because she wasn't like, she wasn't one of the you know really. She didn't really seem abused or anything in the circus or, or the carnival or anything. So it wasn't like he was rescuing her from that necessarily i don't know i was just a little confused by that motivation yeah and and yeah stanton carlisle played by bradley cooper i thought bradley cooper was great yeah honestly i think i i was i kind of saw it like after oscar noms came out but i kind of a snub there in my opinion yeah he was he was terrific um willem dafoe always good kate (laughs) kate blanchett was excellent too Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, who is this person? Um, uh, very much, I mean, this it, it's very much a noir film, so she is the femme fatale, very, very, like, follows all the, all the cliches. Yeah. Um, but, again, strengths of this movie, uh, the cinematography, the production design, I think are the, and the performances, for the most part, at least, uh, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe. Um, yeah, I just loved. I loved the setting. I loved the setting, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I just yeah, it just kind of ran out of gas a little bit for me. And I yeah. thought, I think it, maybe it would have been more interesting if I didn't know exactly where it was going. Yeah, which uh, I'm I'm still yeah. surprised like no one else got that. <laughs> or seemingly and that is that is how the book and old movie ends as well i looked at that or i think the movie the old movie actually goes a little bit farther like it, it doesn't just end where it does in here but yeah i don't know yeah so um that's that's what i have to say i mean i could say more things about why it kind of it f- drags out for me, but I'll wait for spoilers to do that. So, Holden, any other thoughts you want to get in non-spoiler-wise? Um, no, I, I'll just add 
best part of the movie for me was just watching all of these these cons happen and kind of how they're explained how they happen i think that was probably my favorite part oh yeah the whole so yeah so it's called mentalism Mm -hmm. it's kind of like magic it's you know be kind of being a fortune teller but just saying like the 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 you know take uh pulling back the curtain how is this happening how are they able to do this it's you know it's they're playing tricks it's it's all down to a science and explaining that science and yeah and and even even the it's not really a spoiler but the the scene where you know tony collette is doing her act and you're kind of putting together like it doesn't straight up explain to you how it works but as you're introduced more elements of it like you kind of put together in your head how they're doing all of this at this i thought that was a pretty good scene also, that was a pretty sick carnival, man. Yeah. Like, I, I would I would want to go there. Pretty cool. Especially in the 1940s. Yeah. My mind would have been blown. Absolutely. Great entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, rating time, Holden? Yeah, let's, let's give our ratings. What do you got, Jimmy? I, I, so I kind of threw out all my negatives but there really is a lot of positives to this movie. I think it, the best picture nomination... I think it's it's worthy of a nod. I'm gonna go eight out of ten. Yeah, I think eight out of ten is pretty accurate for me too. Um, I like seeing movies like this get nominated. Obviously, Shape of Water, you know, won the Oscars a couple years ago, but it's it's just like these weird movies getting nominated is always fun. I would say that Shape of Water is a tighter film, but I would say that I enjoyed parts of this movie more than Shape of Water. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'm at. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I I really did like it overall, and I'm glad we got to see it, and that I didn't miss it because I could have easily missed it if it was not nominated for best picture. So that's mm-hmm. the great thing about the Oscars, I guess, is just compels me to watch some of these movies. Sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk about spoilers. Did you give your rule? review oh yeah yeah i give it an eight out of ten i think eight out of ten yeah okay sweet on to our spoilers spoilers for for nightmare alley nightmare alley um Let's just get right into the nitty-gritty like we usually do. Okay, we'll talk about this uh, again. Again, time codes in the description. <laughs> time codes in the description. Don't forget time codes in the description. If you need to skip uh, over. It's on HBO Max, maybe Hulu too, according to Holden. But I uh, think it yeah. is on Hulu outside of the HBO thing. But Okay. It be, it, that would make sense because it is a Disney-owned technically movie. But Fox, Searchlight, yeah, that would make sense. Yep. Um... I guess, yeah. You want to just jump to it, Holden? Yeah. Uh, so the ending of this movie, very heavily foreshadowed in our opinions, <laughs> but apparently lots of people did not pick up on it, is that um, Stan ends up at another carnival, and uh, the carny there is essentially pulling off the very same trick that Willem Dafoe um, you know, explained earlier in the movie about how to get a geek for his show yeah um and and stand kind of resigns and kind of resigns to it and um says the line that apparently is also just is either taken from the book or uh or the movie at least it's i was born for it 
or whatever. Um, His delivery of that line was in- incredible, too. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Very good final shot in the movie, honestly. Um, I quite like the ending. Um, it feels like a very satisfying comeuppance for our main character. Um, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, I guess satisfying is the best way to put it for me. Um, even though I did see it coming, um, I'm, I'm not unhappy with that. That's how it ended. As soon as he got like wealthy (laughs) and just started becoming a jerk, I'm like, well, he's, gonna get his comeuppance and he's gonna be a geek at the end of the movie yeah yeah exactly and and then he starts like taking the sip of the alcohol i'm like well that's not a good thing for you (laughs) um yeah i mean i I do like it i think it's a nice kind of full circle complete the arc sort of deal kind of starts with nothing and then he's just you know there's humanity in him but you can turn into that a bad person if you don't you know, based on a few decisions, you can start going down a, a dark path and mm-hmm. can lead to that places, places of despair. Um, the yeah, the I, whole, uh, yeah, that just all the different cons that they're doing. And I loved the, um, I forgot, I forget the old, what's the old guy who teaches him his name? Um, is it just like, like Peter or something? I, I think, think it's, it yeah, Peter. P, yeah. Pete or something something like that yeah he was a great character i thought mm-hmm. uh, along with the zena zeno zena yeah yeah tony, the, tony collette's character i i thought they were just an endearing couple the whole their whole shack and that was just a cool location teaching him the tricks and getting the glimpse behind the curtain seeing how everything was done um i really liked the beginning of Rooney Mara's and Bradley Cooper's relationship in this. And then I just didn't really buy it after that. At yeah. All. Yeah. It was very odd. And I like, I don't know. <laughs> I also didn't fully, I didn't fully buy her like helping him still at the end of the movie. I didn't like, either. She, I was like, she should be long gone. Yeah. Like, I guess you know, maybe she's, she's still harboring some feelings and doesn't want to see him, you know, completely strung out or whatever. So maybe from that, that perspective, but still it was, I don't know. And I didn't fully understand, like, one of the things I didn't really, and maybe you can explain this, like, uh, Bradley Cooper's character spends so much time on this, like, like this scam with, uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Kate Blanchett. Um, and I don't like, I don't understand what she's doing. Like Rooney Mara is doing this whole time. That's, I was like, how is she not noticing that her husband is just gone all the time? Like, yeah, she doesn't like bring it up. She's not like, where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I don't know how he's like getting away with it. I guess he's probably just lying to her, but he sees her quite often. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And one of the other things that I don't there's something I don't know if maybe you felt this way too there's something like that isn't didn't feel well developed enough about Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett I I don't know I don't know what it is for me like it's maybe I, I felt like 
their con didn't it didn't make sense why like they kept helping each other yeah i don't know what she was getting at like i guess she was just waiting to scam him way more at the end I yeah guess. but but it didn't that, seem like that seemed like a very flimsy plan yeah because i mean what he it, it took him a lot to finally decide to like keep the money at her place like because i mean he was you know gonna leave half and so it's all reliant on her you know on on him wanting to leave the money with her and stuff and then continuing to do this scam and everything but wouldn't it have been more lucrative for her to just keep half the money and let him just continue doing all this work yeah right instead <laughs> of just scamming him once like if you just make 50 50 for 10 years it's going to be more than 50 50 for two jobs you know i mean i guess or 100 percent for two jobs well it kind of seems like maybe maybe she was like originally planning on doing that but then she like had to kind of slightly improvise this other plan um when he decided he was leaving because then you know he was gonna take all the money and whatever but he was content to let her let her have 50 percent of it yeah uh (laughs) she's just a jerk i guess i don't know what's all the money I don't know. I but well, I don't I don't understand why he really left the money in the safe there to begin with. Like I understand you don't want your wife or w- they weren't even married, I guess. Don't want Rooney Mara's character to find it, but even then like just hide it. <laughs> just yeah. put it under the mattress. Well, and I also I just thought like I just thought about how like Kate Blanchett says that it's she doesn't want the like it's not about the money for her. It's just like about humiliating him essentially which i don't okay why <laughs> yeah i don't then why take the money i don't know i i just i and then even when she does take the money it's you know still quite a bit of money back then <laughs> like yeah know. it's it's like stacks of ones which quite a bit of money you know he's still gonna have like you know a thousand bucks in there like that in the 1940s that's enough to get you started with something mm-hmm. it's not like you just throw it down and be like well where's the money um so, yeah i mean and then she's like oh, i framed you and you're just a psychopath and all of this and i'm like okay Why? yeah it's it just i feel like we needed more like she needed more screen time or something and just in general because like obviously femme fatale she's you know this you know sexual desire for bradley cooper and then it you know turns on him but i just i feel like the turn needed more build up or you know context or something i don't know yeah i just yeah i I don't know it i think the film also runs out of gas for me because bradley cooper goes from likable to unlikable very quickly yeah it's it's literally like from the first to second act <laughs> it is like, like it just flips a, like it, the very first scene of the second act all of a sudden he's a jerk yeah i agree that's kind of i i was i mean i kind of expected it to go there because like rooney morrow rooney morrow was very optimistic and um you know to and kind of naive to go with him um but yeah, I was kind of expecting us to see more of that turn over time or something. They never, they were never happy together in the big city. Like you wouldn't see any of like the yeah the happy exhilaration together. Yeah. 
the yeah. exhilaration of being in the city. And now we got we landed this gig, and I could have used more of that. And then maybe, I mean, you could as much as I like Kate Blanchett's performance, I think you could cut her character out of the movie completely, and just have him wanting to like get a bigger con. Or not, yeah. you know, just like dabble in things that, you know, go with the spook show. Because it's like he, in the second act, he makes the decision that he's going to go forward at the spook show. You know, he has that mm. moral dilemma that he's presented and he chooses, quote unquote, the wrong option, even with positive intentions. Show. So I don't, I just think that you don't necessarily, like she's the inside track because she's the psychiatrist giving him all these extra clues about these people but i don't think you need that in order to get him to the place where he ends up if that makes sense yeah because he's he's shown to be pretty i mean uh, you see it in the scene with when he's initially when he first meets kate blanchett during the show like he's so observant that even when she's trying to throw him off he still manages to save it yeah based on very very slight visual cues so yeah i mean you're right he probably doesn't even need her and um even (laughs) so when he does get desperate at the end i'm like he could still do that like it's not like he's lost the ability and knowledge of how to do that stuff so it's like why didn't he just start doing that again Mm -hmm. he just goes to one guy he's like i don't want a mentalist yeah I guess go see another person. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think it's more, I think it's more so cause he's like running from the cops and just trying to, you know, hide and whatnot. I and, suppose. And like, I mean, since Kate Blanchett's still alive, you know, she could easily identify and describe what he looked like and they have the recordings and whatever. So true. True. Fine. Holden. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I thought you didn't, as much as I liked some of those scenes with Kate Blanchett and Bradley Cooper, I don't think she's a necessary component to the movie to get him from his character arc from point A to point B. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary, but I, I'm not. I I think it's I, I'm still happy it's there. Personally, I don't know. I, I think yeah. it just I think it just makes that even though that is my least favorite part of that movie that middle hour I think it makes it a little more interesting but maybe but then you could have developed Rooney Mara and their relationship more and it would have seemed a more natural progression or have her involved yeah in some I would like to see more of that too way I don't know but like yeah, I okay. for me it was like clearly this Carlisle no wait Mr. What was it? Mr. Carlisle? Was it Mr. Carlisle at the end? Is that who I'm getting mixed up with? What are you talking about? Who's the? What's the name of the guy at the end? The the Carney. The no. Oh, Mr. Grindle, Ezra Grindle. Oh, Grindle. Yeah. Um, played by Richard Jenkins. Um, who doesn't look like Richard Jenkins? I, it took me a bit to place who he was. <laughs> I had to look it up. I was like, I know his voice. Yeah. Um. I uh. I was like, that that job is clearly not going to go well. Like, why are you doing this? Like, just mm-hmm. quit while you're ahead. Yeah, I mean, he already scammed him out of a bunch of money. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I guess that's my frustration is like I knew where it was going. I didn't like Bradley character, Bradley um, Cooper's character. I knew this was not going to end up well, and I knew it was going to end up him being a geek. And it just they dragged it out for so long. That's because it's supposed to be suspenseful, and then oh, that it doesn't work out. Well, apparently most people do find it suspenseful though, like in in regards to where it goes. Because I don't know. I guess guess I am just in the minority opinion there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me. T- I mean, I also didn't particularly find it like like I already knew where it was going, but I did like that last thirty minutes uh, personally. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're pretty hard on this movie, Jimmy. We should say some more nice things before we end it. Well, I, one thing I did like was the nuance of him wanting, like, you know, like I'm giving them hope. I'm giving them hope, like, because you could definitely rationalize that, mm-hmm. and then to have the scene where the the one lady like the the homicide suicide or whatever double hom whatever you Dope. want to call it murder suicide the murder suicide um that was just a you know dark scene yeah it was um very effective and just you know how these good intentions to justify something you want to do in your head that you probably know is wrong or you at least have good reason to think that maybe that's not the direction I want to go down uh, and how that can backfire. Just the kind of like the slippery slope of it all. Sure. Bradley Cooper's sure. hubris. You know, it definitely plays out like a, a tragedy. Where he's got the hubris and that is what causes him to fall. And he goes down to these depths of just utter despair. So, you know, it's cool. I like how it ends um, in that regard. I did miss Willem Dafoe, though. Sad that his carnival got shut down. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I was I was honestly expecting Willem Dafoe to be the carny at the end, but I think it's I think it's better that it wasn't just because like uh, I mean it took like Bradley Cooper a minute to figure out what was happening, and if it was Willem Dafoe that was saying that, then he'd just know immediately what he was trying to pull. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Tim Blake Nelson instead, and how he gives Cohen up brothers. he gives up the watch to drink the booze and all that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's just the corruption of this character and the slow descent um into evil and and then at the end darkness and hopelessness so thank you Guillermo de Toro for leaving with that <laughs> leaving us with that positivity <laughs> um yeah what else do you have to say Holden um Ron Perlman in this movie Oh, good. We can't we can't talk about him about him though because we don't oh, talk yeah, about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, could uh, could always use more Ron Perlman, but in our don't look up review, we forgot to talk about him shooting at the the comet. The did we mention gun. him at all in that <laughs> review? <laughs> I don't know if we did, but we should have. He yeah. was he was a good part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was very funny. <laughs> Where's his best supporting actor nod? uh i think that's all i gotta say i i'm like i said that first hour was excellent love it just watch the first hour if nothing else and then watch the rest of the movie definitely worth seeing and i'm saying this in spoilers like we always do three years later yep have not learned that it's usually never change so that's a bit of a change i'm good at identifying when i start to do it at least (laughs) all right this has gone on long enough holden yeah 
let's uh let's talk about what you are doing holding because what are you doing what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, uh, this week, let's see what movies I watched. Um, I... What did I watch? I, I, I while I'm pulling up my Letterboxd account so I can see, I will uh, I'll talk about the other things I did. Uh, in terms of video games, I played and beat Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy, both. Uh, so yeah, very good still. Uh, really fun to play it at 60 frames on PS5. Um, very beautiful games. I always like I always forget about certain parts i think i mentioned it last week uncharted 4 there's a lot of that game that i just did not remember so glad i revisited that what's your favorite part of uncharted 4 like favorite um component of it? uh i liked scotland more than i remembered um that was pretty good um I mean the whole ending bit on like the 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 ship graveyard that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um I don't know. I I I had remembered that like so much of the game took place like at the actual city and like that whole area, but I didn't like in my head it was just like the buildings and like the grass covered buildings like the whole time. I had completely forgotten about the ship graveyard and like all the other things they go to in that area so yeah i don't know good very game cool. very good game um okay in terms of movies uh oh i watched the documentary on hbo max listening to kenny g <laughs> how was that it was really good uh really really interesting um just i mean it was essentially supposedly the director chose to make it because not because she liked or disliked kenny g but she found like the the discussion around him really interesting and she has more of a neutral opinion but it's filled with just con like conversations with him and he is a very eccentric personality it's i <laughs> did not know anything really about him as a personality and he's very weird um and it goes into his whole history a lot of the movies about that and then like the critical kind of discussion around him whether or not he's good for the jazz music or he's bad for the jazz music and all that um yeah it was really cool i liked it a lot it talked about uh how they play that one song in china every day <laughs> yeah. going home i think it is um which was funny and uh I talk about how he's one of like the main guys behind starbucks <laughs> main investors behind starbucks hmm. uh he he like got on that at like a ground floor level like invested in it wow and good so, for him yeah <laughs> um but yeah a great documentary honestly um i kind of want to it's part of their music box series um, which they have a few others. They have one about Woodstock 99 that I kind of want to watch. Um, but uh, And then the other big movie I watched this week was Training Day, um, starring Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke, um, which was pretty good. Uh, Denzel Washington's probably his best performance I've ever seen. Um, movie is about a, a corrupt cop who takes a rookie out on his like first day his training day hence the name of the title 
and kind of tries to start implicating him in his stuff. And Denzel Washington's the corrupt cop, and it is fantastic performance. Uh, nice. Yeah, I think he won an Oscar for it too. Um, very exciting climax too. I didn't really know. I kind of guessed where it was going to end up, but I didn't really know how it was going to get there. Um, but yeah, that was written by the director of the original Suicide Squad, though. So I. I think it's a fluke in that way <laughs> but <laughs> um yeah and then shows wise uh just been keeping up with the shows i've been watching euphoria last week was insane i uh, just general consensus online after i watched it was that it is one of the it, it was a very nail-biting episode of that show i'm i'm really interested to see i'm more excited for that today than i am the super bowl the new episode of euphoria so um, well, that that's not saying that much for you Holden. no that's true that's true um i haven't watched the new south park yet though i had actually forgotten about that until we were readying the podcast so i'll probably watch that after this not as good as the first episode okay okay um i think that's it though jimmy uh, what about you? What have you been doing? Uh, well, we did not talk about... I, I guess I didn't talk about the South Park episodes last week, but the the first episode of the new season, hilarious. Love how they made fun of the uh, <laughs> the Matt Damon crypto commercial. It's not yeah. going to age that well since when the commercial goes away, <laughs> but my goodness, they play that at our movie theater every time we go, and Holden and I are just consistently rolling our eyes at this commercial it's really funny every time it pops up and says crypto.com it's like a punch line (laughs) it's it's a punchline to the trailer it just makes me laugh um so just that first episode making fun of that and just different commentaries on today i thought just overall excellent episode of south park and pajama day is a bomb day at school even for teachers because then i get to wear sweatpants at work that's fun um yeah, the second episode not as work. second episode not as good, but uh, it definitely has, I guess, implications for South Park history. I would say, in terms of how a certain character is perceived. I guess I don't know. You'll understand when you watch it. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, they're kind of setting up a new story arc, and I am ready. Let Let me just say, I am ready for the Taker to eat weed storyline to come to an end i think it's getting a little tired so i hope they're wrapping it up with this story arc yeah it's that's probably my least favorite part of south park currently as funny as randy is i want to see him do different things yeah i think that the weed storyline has just gotten tired yeah um otherwise i've been watching a little bit of the crown it's good i have one episode left of season three of succession and then i'll be all caught up and the last episode I watched ended on maybe a very big moment in the show. I have no idea what the implications for the future are. So I'm like, okay. is, I'm like, did that just happen? I don't know. If that just happened, that would be to the extent of how what could have happened there. That would be a very big deal for this show going forward. I have no idea because I just finished it right before we started recording the podcast. Um then what else did i do i always forget oh i forgot to mention last week that i watched mulan six times so <laughs> back-to-back years i forgot to mention that i watched mulan a bunch great movie i like that movie every more every time i see it 
That's so. good. It's good that you don't like it less every time because that would be a lot of times to just start poking holes in Mulan. <laughs> yeah. So I think I've seen it like 13 or 14 times now. So that's great. It's probably the movie I've seen the most in my life now. Um, otherwise, I have been playing more of Deathloop, getting through that slowly but surely. I'm kind of at a point where like I've maxed out my character. There's nowhere else for me to like really improve him. So I just need to go on with the story and, and get the game over with, I think. Um, but it's fun. I like it. Uh, yeah, and I think that's all I have to say. Otherwise, I'm forgetting something. Oh, well. All right, all right. Well, What are we next, doing next week, Holden? Well, next week, big, big week. Uh, so not only do we have the season finale of Peacemaker, which very excited for, we also have the Uncharted movie. Finally, Jimmy, we are finally, this movie that we have been covering since I think the start of our podcast is finally coming out. Yep, and time boy, to rip up, time to rip off the band-aid. Yeah. Boy does it look terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, reviews have not been too kind to it so far, so we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll see it as an accurate and great adaptation of one of our favorite video game series. Probably maybe not. the expect the the bar is so low that I can only enjoy it, honestly. Well, I guess I could just feel nothing like I did at like venom let there be carnage i forgot what that movie was called for a second <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like that's what it's going to be for me is i feel i'm going to go into that movie and then i'm going to have to read the plot synopsis a few more times before we record the podcast because i'm just going to forget <laughs> everything that's happened can't wait for tom holland and mark Wahlberg to not be funny in it oh there can't i just cannot imagine them having good chemistry but we'll see um golly wow uh at least peacemakers coming out next week so yeah. <laughs> so we have one thing to look forward to <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah stick around for that conversation um and uh a lot of people have been watching our my uh inception behind the scenes video that i put on youtube that like just tripled in view count over the last month didn't realize that until yesterday so wow. hopefully those people are listening to the pod if you are welcome to the family yeah uh join us as we as we <laughs> join us as we endure uncharted next week and uh then then there will be brighter things in the future hopefully yeah it can it can probably only go up from there <laughs> like the the netflix texas chainsaw massacre movie oh that's right that is also that- coming out next week we'll see if that's <laughs> any good um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but if you want to, uh, you can leave give us a request by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Um, yeah, Jimmy, I think that's it. All right, sweet. This has been another long episode. we gotta, we got to trim these down, Holden. <laughs> well, it's hard when we've got so such riveting content like the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. All right. Adios, pantalones. Love you.